Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for the B-A-Q-A, the B-A-Q-A, what you say, the B-A-Q-A, man, day, the B-A-Q-A with Tiffany, the B-A-Q-A, <laughs> about a bitch of question and answer. Yes, we are Tiffany and Mandy, and although we're not your therapist, your your personal financial advisor, your accountant, your attorney. We are two smart brown girls who know a thing about money, personal finances, career, and business. And so, you know, we're in studio just to answer your questions. Yeah, and today we got Real Talk Tina Whitaker in the hot seat. I had to read your whole name because that's amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining BA. So wait, y'all already know each other? Well, we had tape before, you know, Mandy, when you was out with the um, with the code, um, but I guess there were some technical difficulties. So we got Real Talk Tina back in the studio. Thank you for having okay. me. You're also my mentor because I'm your mentee. Yeah, it's been so helpful to me. You just dropped so much great information to improve my life as an entrepreneur. And I just love it. Thank you, because Mandy was out, and so we were like, we had to get some guests, and so I was like, you know what, while Mandy's out, let me get some business guests, so um, so I dropped in the mentee chat and said, hey, if any mentees want to come on the show, ask them their, ask some business questions, or even personal finance questions, um, come on through, so, so yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> All right, well, it'll be my first time hearing your question. What's your question, Tina? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think um, last time I asked, it was definitely about finances. I am an entrepreneur. I'm a realtor. Um, I talk about just real estate. Um, I do real estate here in Atlanta, Georgia, but I also do, um, you know, I have a blog. I write about relationships and travel. So um, the market has slowed a bit. It's still a great market, but it definitely was a transition for me. And my finances were not good to start with. After the pandemic, I had some health issues, I had surgery, and I was just getting back from that. And then now my income as an entrepreneur, real estate agent has stopped completely. So it's not just like I had debt before, now I have, I'm late on my rent. And they they don't have a ban where if you're late on your rent, you don't get evicted. They start that process right away. So I'm just wondering what to do, I'm trying to, you know, try to get clients and trying to do all these marketing. And and meanwhile, I'm dealing with where do I live? How do I pay off my debt? How do I keep my car? And my family is getting tired of me. <laughs> so it's stressful. First, I want to say, honestly, Tina, it's so crazy that you said this because I just saw an article today, literally, like on, I think it was Yahoo Finance. And it was like, uh, it was, a, I forget what percentage of realtors are late on their rent. 
like we're late on the rent in November, they're like that, that's a number that they're watching. A number of realtors are late on their rent. It's a number that they're watching like as an indicator to um, what's happening in the housing market because less homes are being sold. So homes are being sold for, you know, home prices are going down, not rapidly so, but they're going down and less people are listing because, you know, they, they said, um, you know, the listing um, numbers are, are, are down to like 2020 levels. So what you're feeling is not a uh, Tina made a mistake thing. It's a uh, this is what's happening. So I just want you to acknowledge because sometimes we have to acknowledge that, like, you know, certainly, you know, it's good to take responsibility for like where we are, which is important, but it's also important to acknowledge that there are outside circumstances that are aiding or creating the environment. So the environment that you're in is not one that you created, you know, as far as like these outside circumstances. And that's good you to know, know because sometimes general. I think I'm the only one, like, you know, no one else is right late on their rent. Like I'm in my forties. I'm not 20 anymore. It's just me. So that's, that's comforting to know, but it's disappointing as well. Yeah. How long have you been in the real estate business? I've actually been a realtor for six years. Six years. Um, okay. I do. Uh, this is your first kind of experience with a real difficult sort of housing economy, right? Um, no, I mean, I did have, I, I do want to just um, say to everyone, check your adrenals. I had a lot of adrenal issues, so I had to get my adrenal removed. So I wasn't able to work uh, a lot of those um, years where... Um, I was sick. So I have had just a lot of stops and goes. It's not just this time. It's just that I was actually getting on my feet and doing quite well, closing every single month. You know, I felt healthy and I was like paying off my debt. You know, I was just so proud to to um, pay off my debt. Um, during the pandemic, I did not have a car. I actually did have a chance to travel, um, but only on a, a like a bootstring budget, a very low budget. Um, and then I came back and I tried to build myself up again and I didn't have a car and I was finally able to buy a car this year, pay it every month automatically, pay my rent automatically. I was doing great. So I'm 42 and I just feel like during college was probably the last time I had a roommate and it was just so problematic. Maybe I was younger then. I just feel like me as a very sensitive person, I like space to myself. I just feel like it would be a worse problem, but maybe I need to come down and really look at the situation and say, I can't have what I want. I need to do what I need to do now. What do you think? I think you got to throw out that version of yourself that you're comparing yourself to, like where you think you ought to be right now at your age, which you're still young. Okay. Um, girl, I'm 43. Girl, look at us. <laughs> you're doing really well. <laughs> Manny's the only baby on here. <laughs> but Tiffany wasn't always doing well. Tiffany, no, like, not at all. Girl, I had we like both had our rock bottoms. <laughs> yes. But, this, but you really, I think it's like, we think we're comparing ourselves to like Instagram models, but I think so often it's like that version of ourselves that we think we ought to be um, wherever we are in our lives. <clears throat> because that person like comparing yourself to her and where you think you are like that's holding you back from saving yourself and from you know taking the steps it's only temporary like you're gonna get back on your feet the housing market will bounce back it does um but for now i think it's about what are the resources you can lean on for help because you need help a roommate is one option do you have family you could stay with in the meantime 
I think me and my family both know that they'd rather give me money for to, to hold on before we move in back together. My family is in Michigan. I just don't feel like it's uh, a good market for me to prosper in and environment, but I do appreciate my family for all they've done. So I just say like during times like this, it's like you do what you have to do to, to, until you do what you can do, what you want to do. So you do what you have to do until you do what you want to do. And so ideally the solution would be to do whatever I want and then it works out. But you know, there are moments we all know in life that that's just not how that goes. Sometimes it's like, okay, so like when I'd lost my job when I was a teacher and I was, I remember I was 30, I ended up moving back home with my parents. It was not ideal because they're Nigerian and the curfew was still midnight. They don't give a damn how old you are. I was literally like 30, my dad said, if you come back one minute after midnight, this door will be locked. You will sleep wherever you were, wherever you were. I was like, what kind of life is this? It was a life of a 30 year old who didn't have the mortgage money for her place. And if I was going to live with my parents, this is what the rule was. Then I moved in with my sister for like a year. You know, I told her three months. She was like, girl, after like a year, she was sick of my stuff. It was like, get out. <laughs> and then I moved in with like a friend of mine who was renting a room in a home. And so it was like four or five of us each renting a room. I did that honestly until 34. So from like 29 to 34, you know, I was like bopping around and bouncing, trying to figure it out. And so is it something that I'm wanting to do? Like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so great, renting a room, like I just came home from jail. Now, but it's what I had to do in that moment to, to create a financial foundation for myself. You know, same, I had like this old raggedy car that I could, I, I didn't really drive. I either walked everywhere, I took public transportation. And so it wasn't easy, but I also reminded myself, this is temporary, you know, because I am actively working on a stronger financial foundation. I had all this debt that I had to get rid of, the house, you know, they had lost a foreclosure. And, but I started to build my business from a place of underspending, finally. You know, and then I got on my feet. And so I just say all that to say that like, you know, I mean, whether you're 42, 52, I mean, I get it because it feels like I'm supposed to be grown. And I thought at 30, I was supposed to be grown. I shouldn't be going through this, you know, but the truth is, okay, understood Tiffany, but we're here. So what you going to do? Because the thing is, is that if you avoid making the choices, life going to make the choice for you. Yeah. Um, I did actually talk to a, a lawyer and he did say that my, some of my options were to file chapter seven and that way I can start all over. Um, I know when people, when I say, oh, I moved to France, they're like, oh gosh, this girl is not trying to save. But when I lived in France, I lived in a studio by myself with my dog. It costs 485 euro a month and I didn't have a car I took the bus I walked everywhere I was living the life on a real small budget so I'm really thinking about file filing chapter seven going overseas and just building my life there if I can I feel like the filing bankruptcy I mean that option is there for a reason there's no shame in taking that option very scary um does most of your debt, um, you said it's medical and also like consumer debt, like credit cards? Um, I actually didn't do that smart thing. I tried to pay all my medical bills and I put all my um, monthly expenses on my credit card. I had 800 credit at the time. I had 800 credit all my adult life. Um, and then when I just couldn't keep up, I put everything on the credit card that was not medical. So I have about $50,000 worth of debt. 
Wow. Yeah, with medical debt, I mean, Tiff, what kind of advice do you give when it comes to like which one? I know we can't turn back the clock, but when it comes to deciding, do I pay down this medical debt versus, you know, putting my life on credit? Um, what do you what do you think about that, Tiff? I know that there's like um, income or sorry, low income assistance, mm-hmm. like for medical bills and things like, like that, care. hospitals. Mm-hmm. And two, they have a law in place where like the way medical debt hits your credit is not as detrimental as it once used to be because they acknowledge it's not you being financially quote unquote irresponsible. So just in general, like if anyone's listening and they're like, they're having to choose between medical debt and their bills, you know, with the money that you actually have that coming in, um, medical debt, there's more leeway with how to navigate from creditors, from the credit bureaus. And so if you have, if you could only choose one, um, unless not paying the medical debt will mean that you can't have access to whatever the medicine is, that's different obviously, you know, but yeah, then paying like your your personal um, bills and then working it out with medical debt because there are some, it, it might be a lot of paperwork, but there are some things in place. Like one, like uh, I call myself one time, like dying, like my hair. Cause my friend joy used to always, um, like when I got, cause I used to get, <laughs> I used to get gray. Like I, I, I've been getting gray since I was like 26. So I, like I started with like one gray eyelash and now like all my eyelashes are gray, but you know, mascara, you can't see it, but I still have little grays, which they will stay because my friend joy used to, what I thought was dye my hair every like I don't know a few months or so but she was using a rinse I didn't know that and then one day I was like oh I'm gonna do it myself Joyce is this is one of my many roommates when I was living in the house like we all just came home from jail so Joy was like she always dyed her hair and whatever I was like oh can you I'm like I have like one or two grays and she was like oh you, you know I thought it was a like I said I thought it was a dye so then I, I decided I was gonna do it myself because she had done it a couple of times I was like I can do it and she wasn't living in the house anymore and the next morning I was like oof like I had this like bubble under my skin that grew. I don't know if ever anybody remembers the movie Mask from um share no literally the my whole face was like it was like um li- liquid under my face it exploded and I was so scared but I had no money so I was like maybe it'll go away. So <laughs> I called my mother and was like my mother's a nurse. I sent her a picture. She was like are you are you kidding me? Tiffany, you need to go to the emergency room right away. You're having an extreme allergic reaction. And I Googled it that some people are allergic to black hair dye. You're supposed to do a test. I did not know. You know, because I assumed I had been getting it done, but it was a rinse, which is not the same. There's something in black hair dye that some people have a severe allergic reaction to. And ding, ding, ding. I was one of them people. But I waited out for like two days until it got worse and worse. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And literally there was a hospital, like not even a half a block up the street. Though actually the hospital where I was born, St. Michael's in Newark. I lived on the same street. I said, I'm about to live here and die here. I was born here. So I went to St. Michael's. Please, they gave me the equivalent of like liquid Benadryl. I was like, wait, I didn't even think to take Benadryl. <laughs> so they gave me the equivalent of liquid Benadryl and a prescription for more Benadryl. Um, and then, you know, it went down. Um, I got an $800 bill, which is, that's why I was afraid of. And I was like, for liquid Benadryl, I can't afford an $800 bill. So I waited, you know, they sent me the first letter, the second, then the letter became pink. And then the letter was red, which is like pay now or else. Um, and so at the time, so I remember my sister uh, at the time was dating her now husband who was a, in medical school. He was like, no, um, call them because you might be able to negotiate. And so I was like, really? And he's like, yes, because he was like interning at a hospital. And so I called the hospital and was like, you know, I really don't have it. You know, basically I'm broke. What can I do? And they're like, well, what can you afford? I was like, $400. And they said, okay. I was like, wait, 
two hundred dollars. They're like, no, girl, four. You just. <laughs> And so it was 400, but I paid it slowly. But it was kind of like the first time that I realized, wait, what medical debt? There's a lot more leeway, you know? And so like just, I mean, of course you didn't know that then, but you know now. Hold that thought before we continue. Let's go to break because you know we got more to talk about. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. And here's the thing. I know 50000 sounds like a lot of money, but at one point I was 300000 in debt. And now I'm completely debt free. You know, 300. I mean, so of course a lot of it was mortgage, but 35000 was credit card debt. 50000 was um, was student loan debt. Um, and then I had my mortgage, you know, to, to, to my home. But I'm just saying all that to say that you know that yes, it can seem very daunting and overwhelming, um, but there is a way out, but it typically starts with taking stock of where you are now and getting yourself to a place where you're living under your means so you can start putting a plan in place. So if that means moving to France and, and finding a, like an inexpensive studio and starting your business with like, you know, with like with your overhead really low so you can pay your bills and work on your debt at the same time if, and, and filing bankruptcy. If that's what it looks like, then that's what it looks like. If it looks like getting, um, you know, um, so a roommate to come live with you for like six months to a year, you know, if that's what that looks like, you know, there's no there's no one way, but there has to be something that you're doing. Like standing still is not the answer. We know that. I do. Um, and I do get frozen. You know, this weekend I put my car out on Toro. So I made just under 200 bucks for the weekend. It's not great, but it's something um, I started looking for like other real estate related jobs, temps jobs that I can do. And then when I did have money, I was negotiating with each credit card. So I was able to negotiate about 50 to 80% off my bill. Um, so I had that payment plan in place. And then I finally called and said, I can't pay this anymore. So they delayed the payment and then they put it in smaller payments for the same overall amount since I had already paid half of the bill. 
Um, and then I like put my pride down and said, I actually need food stamps and I need to apply. So I just got that in place and I'm waiting for that to come through. You know, I'm going to these real estate Christmas parties, trying to look fabulous. And then I got my little food stamps card in my wallet. So that's okay. Listen, please. I'm glad you mentioned food stamps. Cause I was going to ask about food banks, um, or any other, um, even even rental assistance programs. Mm-hmm. I know that the moratorium on evictions because of the pandemic, there were like nationwide and statewide moratoriums where they wouldn't evict people. Those have now expired, but um, for the most part. But in Georgia and in Atlanta, what sort of rental assistance programs might there be that you could apply for? Have you looked into those? Um, that is an excellent um, question. Um, I did apply to rental assistance. However, they are so behind. They cut off the date for the last application application um, just like a month or two ago and I just got my application in right before the deadline but okay. because they're so backed up they haven't sent got me a message wait. I haven't been assigned um, a processor so I'm just waiting and my rent is late 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 and they don't understand that I have to wait and they have to wait it doesn't make sense so I have my court date of when I will go um, get the eviction and hopefully that the rental assistance comes before the court date. Is there a way you could update the rental assistance people on, like, my court date's coming up, this is happening, it's real, I'm about to be... Yes, um, there's like a third party, they can't see your application and you can't talk to the processors there, but you can say, this application needs to be um, expedited because she has a a court date coming up. You want to be a squeaky wheel, Yes, I feel like, with this situation. I, I get it though. It's like emotionally exhausting and you have to be on top of everything yourself. It's like whack-a-mole, financial whack-a-mole. <laughs> um, there's an episode of the podcast. I don't know if you listen to it. Oh, and I, I should have Googled the name. There's an episode of Brown Ambition where I had a realist, a realtor who has a show on HGTV. God, what's her name? It was incredible. I don't know if you heard that episode, but she um, was a realtor during the Great Recession, during the housing crisis of 2006 through eight. And um, her saving, her savior, she said, was she got, um, they have these like little known jobs within the U.S. housing um, department through HUD and um, other like federal agencies where they're looking for people to like sell foreclosures and like do this sort of like government contract work that's not like the sexy realtor jobs but she was like this is how I paid my bills during this time when the, when no one was selling and you know my listings went down so that may be an idea I'm going to find that episode for you so I'm just sitting here like what was her name thank you Mandy uh-huh. I would love to do that um, I also do you know referrals so if anyone in another state um, needs a realtor I have a I have a team of realtors that I can just um, connect them with and that would be something I could do in France and why I'm building up my business. So, or if okay, I just Paige here, Turner. Yeah. And just know her name is Paige idea. Turner. Paige Turner. I'll look it. up that episode. That is yeah. something I would love to do here in the United States as well. And just think about it this way that there are moments when you can put a band aid on something, and there are moments when the decision has to be bigger, like it's an amputee. You know what I mean? It feels like And that. so know when you have to jump the jump over where it's like I've done enough bandages and it's just not enough that I have to do something drastic. You know, and so we're afraid to do that and I get that, you know, and it's okay to start with bandages, but if you feel like, you know what, which it sounds like, you know, you're not just sitting on your hands, you've done a lot of work already. So what it just means it's an indicator that it might re- require a big overture. 
You know, it might require like like moving or or bankruptcy. You know, filing for bankruptcy. You know, it might require that. That's what it sounds like you're getting to, and. What's on the other side of that, at least is you can start to work toward freedom. It seems so big and so bad. And I look back at it now, I mean, I tried everything not to lose my house. And then I did, and I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't so bad, you know what I mean? Like, because here I am now, I'm in a house now. You know what I mean? And it was like, knowing what I know now, I'm not gonna lie, I wish I would have let it go sooner because I threw tens of thousands of dollars at a house that I was no longer gonna keep. Like at least 30,000, because I took all the money out of my retirement account put it toward the house to save it, only to lose it. And I was like, oh man, I could have lost it the year prior or whatever and kept my $30,000, you know? And so sometimes the bandages do more harm than good. So just consider that like, you know what? It might be time to take this big leap because these bandages might actually just be elongating, you know, and making the, the situation worse. Well, this is confirmation. I really appreciate that. Everything you guys have said, I'm going to apply and get moving. We're glad you're Tina. <laughs> you have everything you need to bounce back. Yes. Thank you for being so candid and for sharing so openly too. Because um, I know that you're not alone. And there's so many people out there silently going through what you're going through. And they're ashamed of it. And I feel like um, owning your story. And this is just the beginning. And you're going to have a fabulous comeback story. Like you know, like Tiff, like everyone else in their lives, like you're going to be great. Thank you. Um, Living up to my name, Real Talk Tina, trying to be as authentic as possible and real. So here I am. That's the only way you get real advice. Yeah, real guidance. So yeah, thank I you just, for that. Yeah, thank you. Just, I mean, you, this is going to help so many people because a lot of people don't want to say the struggle they're going through. And so you coming on and sharing it is really going to free someone else to say, me too. And this was really helpful. So thank you, Tina. Thank, thank you. you for real talking. Well, if you are looking to sell a home in Atlanta, where can they find you, Tina? Um, oh, Just in case we got some listeners. Oh, yes. In well, I'm in Atlanta. Um, you can find me. I live in Midtown right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, but you can find me on Real Talk Tina on any social media plat platform, uh, YouTube, IG, TikTok. Okay. And my blog. Tina. Okay, awesome. All right, fabulous. If y'all got real estate needs, talk to Tina, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. If you want to be in the hot seat over here at BAQA, you can, maybe. Um, you have to be like Tina and send us either an email to brownambitionpodcast.com. There is a ask us anything or or contact us. And so you can send a note there. We can read your stuff aloud. Or, and you can hit us up on Instagram, Podcast. And if you send us a voice note, our producer, Imani, will take a listen. Um, and she thinks you're fit. She'll invite you into the studio. You guys can chat with us. So um, hopefully you enjoyed. Thanks, Tina. Thank it was you. so nice to meet you. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.